0: Hey there. You're listening to Harvest Christian Fellowship's online podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. We are located in Cornwall, Ontario and would love it if you would visit us sometime at 8:47 York Street. We are a relational church with a heart for the harvest. We hope this message encourages and blesses you today. Now get ready, open your heart. You're about to hear a word from God. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Wow, enjoying summer, it's pretty good, huh? A couple of people said it was cold in here, I said too bad. Um, <laughs> oh man, who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought that uh, we'd have a heat advisory out? We'll take, we'll take it for sure. I'm really excited about uh, a Sunday up and coming. The Sunday following uh, our Thanksgiving service, uh, we have, so the Sunday after Thanksgiving, Andrew Hoy, pastor of Resurgent Church in Montreal, will be here. Uh, New friendship for our church. I can't wait for you to meet him. He'll bring video greetings next week, so you'll get a chance to see him and hear his Australian accent. We're excited to have uh, him here for both services that particular Sunday. And I really felt that it would be um, the Lord speaking to us, just so into Resurgent Church. We will honor his input spiritually as a guest speaker, but we want to send an offering uh, to the church to help them with all that they have to do is uh, they've started their second campus on the West Island. It's an area that we've been praying for as a church, believing God for, um, for many years, just saying, Lord, what would you do in this area? And God sends an Australian uh, halfway, not halfway, all the way around the world to uh, begin to work there. And it is a great work. It's going very well. Many people are getting saved and touched by God. And so we want to partner with this church. And I'd like just to sow into them. This is an over and above offering. Uh, we shared it with you last week. I want you to continue praying about what you can do to pray, uh, sow into that offering. What a blessing it would be to send him home with... Five or six thousand dollars. My faith's growing a little bit. It's gone from five to six. Uh, And uh, just to have our hearts join with their hearts and say, We're with you, we're for you, and in a very practical way, um, I know they would have financial needs that they could put that money to. And uh, we can feel like we've extended in a missionary fashion into, uh, into that region. So just continue praying about that and see what uh, God will do in your life. And as you sow, you will reap. The Bible says as we sow, He, he supplies for us in this step of faith that we're all going to take as a church. Well, last week I said it was a one-off service on uh, I must. And I was talking from the perspective of so many things this time of year that get our attention, that we prioritize, we come under obligation, I must, you know, work and home and, and sometimes we can put church into that and just, I must come on Sunday, I must go to small group and kind of get into the obligatory um, Stance of, of adding one more thing to do uh, when it comes to Christianity. Well, as I looked at the Scriptures, I found Jesus saying on a number of occasions, I must. And so the I must is not our I must, but it's His I must. And if we could understand His I must then my thought was it would help me, and it has helped me, and we discussed it this week in small groups. I hope you had a chance to get the small group and talk about it, of how his I must actually inspires me to respond in my own love toward him. But he initiates. He starts it. It's his work in my life, not my trying to initiate him, but he initiates me. And so um, we looked at three I must. Jesus said, I must know you. I must be with you, and I must work on your behalf. And specifically, the work that we see is Jesus saying, I must heal you, deliver you, and save you. And um, I-, I thought I would expand this point this morning and look at the, the point, um, as Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. Let's pray. Father, we just ask this morning here in service too. Lord, as the atmosphere has already changed, we're ready to hear from you. Lord, we're ready to engage this week in our small groups to talk about and and practice what you give us. Help every person take a next step in their life, whatever that next step is. Bless next week our first step service and second service, Lord, as many are discovering what is my next step here at Harvest. Help us now to hear your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. So I want to give you the context for I must work the works of the Father. There's a blind man, and uh, he's, he's, born, he's born blind, and Jesus heals him. And park the car there for a minute, get out and look at the scenery. Uh, so often we read the Gospels, we just kind of read through. Uh, I'd I, I like to engage and, and meet Jesus. Who, who is Jesus? Who, who is he? And the Gospels tell us about who he is. And, and so what was it like? Let's just, just guess the guy's in his 30s. Never had any uh, brain imagery for sight. He was born blind. And um, all of a sudden, he's prayed for, uh, Jesus touches him, and he's healed. He's healed. And he can see. Like, what was that moment like? What would it be like to be with somebody? I was uh, recently with a, a, a lady, actually a, a hygienist, uh, where I go to um, have my dental work done, and, um, and, and the hygienist was discussing with me. Um, she had a bit of a speech impediment because she said, I was born deaf. And um, she says I've recently had ocular implants, and um, I can hear. And uh, she just kind of raced through that. But I'm learning, my speech is catching up with what I can hear. And I stared at her and I said, For real? And it was like the professionalism and they went aside. She goes, Yes. And I go, Please tell me, could you tell me what was it like when you woke up from the surgery and you could hear? And her eyes whelmed up and they got teary. She said, It was fantastic. Like, what was it like? The man's never seen. And all of a sudden, he can see. And so, just Jesus, and then I'm wondering, like, does Jesus, he's smile? I think he's smiling. He's just smiling going, yeah, that's, that's what I do. He's high-fiving with the disciples, you know. And so, afterwards, they debrief. They have a debrief session. And the disciples want an, a question answered. And they said, so, so, did he sin? Is that why he was born blind? Or was it his parents was it a generational sin thing from that was handed down? Why was he born blind? And Jesus said, you are asking the wrong question. You are asking the wrong question. And, and so... When we look at sickness, we understand that sickness is in the world because of sin. They were right about that. That the the, the world is broken, Adam and Eve turned their back on God, and humanity allowed the serpent and allowed the work of Satan to come into the world, and through all kinds of things like pollution and bad management and and, and sickness and and, and injustices and on and on and on, the world is a space where, where sickness is real. But God did not originate sickness. Sickness is originated in sin and hell, not with God. And it's important for what we're talking about today. I want to expand this morning. You have your notes there, and if you don't have notes, wave your arm, and one of our one of our ushers. Oh, we got a couple people needing some notes. Thank you, thank you. Al's uh, racing up here to help you, and on this side, um, we, you'll get some notes. And I want to give you six reasons this morning to uh, raise your faith to believe for healing and this week in small group that you guys will pray for the sick and see them see them recovered and uh and so Jesus says wrong question it's the wrong question the question is what can God do on this man's behalf that's what you should be asking not why is it this way but what can God do to change this and, um, and Jesus says it this way. He said, no, he wasn't born this way because of what you're asking. He is, uh, this is a situation for God to reveal his glory. What can God do on this man's behalf? And that needs to be our response when we meet sick people that Jesus can heal them. And, and so Jesus, in that context of what I just unfolded, says to his disciples, I must work the works of him who sent me. And God has obligated himself to do works of salvation, to save, to deliver, and to heal. God has obligated himself. He's not obligated to you or I. We can't order God around. But God is literally obligated himself because of his nature to love, to forgive, to heal, and to deliver. And as we as Christ followers, we have joined with that pers- purpose. We are called Christ's ambassadors or ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, it talks about in 1 Corinthians. And as his ambassadors... We partner with him in prayer to release kingdom activity, the kingdom of God, which is um, uh, healing and salvation and all of these things that we're talking about today. So as we talk about this, I want to remind you that the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. Somebody said, somebody say. Yeah, that's what that amen simply means. So be it, Lord. We agree with that. Just a corporate agreement. Yeah, we, we don't want to talk about this. And I'm going to end this morning just with a brief uh, uh, discussion about well, what do we do when people don't get sa- uh, don't get well saved or don't get healed. We've prayed, but it didn't happen. What, what, what do we do about that? And uh, we're going to leave that to last because I don't think it's the most important thing. I think the most important thing is understanding God's will when it comes to healing. And why do we pray for the sick every week? Why do we pray for the sick in our small groups? Why should you get in the habit of, uh, of seeing uh, somebody's telling you that they are sick and your response, well, did you know that Jesus heals today? Can I pray for you? Why do we want you to do that? Because it's an extension of the kingdom, and it was a way Jesus demonstrated when he was on the earth that he loved people and he was saving them. Saving doesn't just mean saving from hell. It means saving from all the effects of sin. That's emotional saving. That's every kind of saving. Sozo, the Greek word for salvation, encompasses all of this. So let's, let's not just talk about it, Uh, Let's do it. I want to give you six reasons to raise your faith. Are you ready for these reasons? All right. Number one, we are told to pray for the sick. We are told in the scriptures to pray for the sick. James chapter 5 says, uh, are any of you sick? Park it there. How many would be, you have some condition in your physical body right now that would qualify you to be sick? And I see your hands? Would you wave your hands? That's a lot of people. So I'm talking to a lot of people today. Uh, What do we do when we're sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. A few things here, it's not in my name, not in the church's name, uh, not in your name, meaning authority or power, but in the name of Jesus who does this. Call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Well, our ministry time and our small group is an extension of this church. We believe in elders, we have elders, governance here in the church. And it's simply stating that there's kind of a top-down flow uh, of this anointing uh, and Churches, this is how it works. And, and so uh, Pastor Dick and Margo work with the ministry team and uh, faithfully uh, um, once a month they pour in and they teach and they pray and pre-service prayer. They're, they're ready to go to minister over you. Our small group leaders, an extension of the leadership here of you know, what's being referred to as elders here. And these are all opportunities. They're not the only opportunities to get healed. But James, we're just kind of looking at this. And, and I want you to consider as we're looking at James. So I'm sick pray for the sick. And I want you to think about just this logically for a minute, just, just from a logical standpoint. Why would we pray for the sick? Why would we pray for the sick? And that's not a rhetorical question, let me ask you. Why would we pray for the sick? If the Bible's telling us to pray for the sick, why are we doing it? And the answer seems to be, and we're going to read the rest of the verse, that it is that people would get healed. But I wonder sometimes if we haven't kind of drifted into this point where it's quite benevolent to tell someone who's sick to comfort them, to say, I'll pray for your comfort. And that's, that's okay. Pray for their comfort. That's, that's good. It's, while, while we're you know, convalescing and, and uh, not all healing is instantaneous, sometimes it's a process. Um, and, um, and so as we're waiting and we're, we're getting stronger and being healed, um, comfort's good, benevolence is good, but if that's all there is, oh, I heard you were sick, I'm so sorry. I'll be thinking about you and praying for you this week. I might send you a card and some flowers, that'll help you too. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm making the point logically if, if the scriptures are teaching us, and God said, Look, if there's sick people, you need to pray, why would we pray? What would be the point? Is God just teasing us? Is this just some kind of a a benevolent act? No, we can't reduce it to that. We must see it for what it is. It's a powerful act of faith that releases healing into a sick body. As we think about this this morning, think about the disciples who are fishermen, who are fished all night, caught nothing. Say nothing. Sometimes it feels that way when we're praying for the sick. We prayed for the sick all night. We caught nothing. There's just no healing. And, uh, and so Jesus uh, meets the boys. They're coming in from their fishing expedition that night. Uh, it was a nocturnal species of fish. That was what was in the Sea of Galilee. And they're cleaning, their, cleaning up, getting ready to go home. And they've done the night shift. And Jesus says, Let's go back out and fish. They're like, what would he know about fishing? Follow me here. Jesus gets out there and he says, look, I want you to cast your nets. He told them two two fishing expeditions and kind of mixing the stories up. But follow me on. He asked them to do something. He said, put your nets on the other side of the boat. For real, Jesus? For real, there's like different fish here than there is here. Like this side, that side, for real. They don't say it. But they say to him, because you've said so, we'll do it. You ever said that to your kids? You just really don't want to give them an explanation? You either don't have time, you don't want to take the time, you're just feeling quite empowered and controlled at the moment, controlling the moment, so they say, why aren't we doing that? You go, because I said so. Come on, we've all done that, right? And, and there's a sense in which Jesus is doing the I said so, but not, not out of that spirit. It's a, he, he's saying, this is my word. This is my, this, I'm speaking to you. If Jesus told us to pray for the sick, logically then, there's a reason behind it, and it's not benevolence or comfort. He's, we're going to read, it's for healing. He said, cast your net on the other side. There was a miracle the net filled up. I love this story. That there is uh, thousands of people that are hungry, and they've broken them down. Jesus said, put them into small groups. Take the multitude, put them into small groups. Emphasis on small groups. Sits them down on the grass, and they're going to feed them. And they're going to learn how to do miracles together. Jesus says, your turn. Your turn, your turn to do the miracle. And he's getting them ready for when he wouldn't be on the earth. And they're like, okay, well, should we cater in? Do we go buy food? What do we do? And he says, well, what have we got? Sherry Clark, that testimony was brilliant. I love that testimony. The sincerity. I watched some of you crying. You were were being touched by that. It was touching. And, and, you know, think about it. The disciples, there are two, they find two fish and five buns. Some kid's lunch. The only one that came with some food. Or the only one willing to say he had food (laughs) because the disciples took it. Bring it to Jesus. Here's what we got. So Jesus goes, great, praise, and, you know, he prays that we're going to feed everybody with this. They're like, their eyes are like this big. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? So he takes the two fish and divides it up, 12 disciples, um, parts that fish into six pieces. One of them's holding the tail. So one of those guys is holding the tail. One guy's holding the head. You ever feel like you've got nothing in your hands but a tail? Come on, somebody! Just thinking, man. I got the rear end of this. This, uh, this. What am I supposed to do with this? And what I loved about Sherry's Sherry's testimony was she felt like she didn't have enough. Point is, none of us has enough. You you can't. You don't have enough to serve in the house of God. We don't have enough to do a miracle. We don't have enough. Tell your neighbor, I don't have enough. You can't heal somebody, but Jesus can. So Jesus puts a. Uh, one-sixth of the fish in each of their hands, five loaves. I don't know how he divided that up. He says, so take what you've got, what I gave you, and go distribute it. Thousands of people. And somehow, again, park the car, get out, and look at the scenery. The leaves are changing. It's gorgeous. It'll be a short period of time. Make sure you do, right, on the way to work. Pull the car. If you see, don't just look at it. Leave a few minutes early. Pull the car over and say, Jesus, wow, autumn in, in uh, this region is Beautiful. Take it in. Take in the scenery of the scriptures. And so, so some guy holding the tail says, you know, pardon me, but a uh, tail for you today. And, 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 and it's a whole fish. A, mer- something ha- a miracle happened. He simply was the UPS delivery guy for the miracle. Jesus said to his disciples, this is your job. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Work my work. I must do the works of the Father. Now you must do the works of the Father too. And so healing, we believe in healing. And so James tells us this first point that I'm spending a little bit more time on. Why do we pray for the sick? We pray for them because we're to expect God to heal. It's his will. He wouldn't tell us to do it if he wasn't intending on doing something about it. So they got, uh, you know, the the, the disciples are a little bit like, what if I give a tale and nothing happens? What if you give that piece, that little piece of fish I cut off for you, and a miracle happens? It gets better. So I don't know how long it would have taken to distribute that food in the small groups. And in their small groups, they just had this great time of miracles. Jesus, they come back, and Jesus goes, um, so okay, they all had their little basket that they took their little piece of fish and some crumb of bread that just kept multiplying multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. They get back, and Jesus debriefs with them and says, okay, I want you to go get the leftovers. Leftovers? Yeah, you ever, have you ever been the one to pay for lunch? You've already decided, I'm going to pay for lunch. And uh, the person uh, wants to be polite, um, and uh, you know, you're hoping that they'll get kind of, they don't have to get the smallest one, but they, you, maybe a medium, but not the steak, Right? And not the steak. And, and uh, they order the big, and you're like, well, I said I would pay. But something in you goes like, oh, I wish they weren't eating so much. I have to pay for this. Well, the lunch is paid for. When somebody else is paying for lunch, you know how you'll eat a whole lot more, order a whole lot more typically? Uh, or it's a buffet. I'm going for one more. I, I had lunch this week with uh, some the pastors in Messina. And uh, there was a one trip I, I said to, one trip to, I wanted salad. And so I said to the waitress, how much is a soup and salad bar? And she goes the one trip is 695 or the all you can eat is 11. I go great, I'll take the all you can eat. She goes, "No, no, no, no. The one trip," and she's winking at me, "is 695 and the all you can eat." And I'm like, "Okay, so this is code for take a really big plate but I can't go back." And so I said, "So I'm really going to take a big plate if you" She goes, "That's fine." So I came back. Man, I, t- I I put the cucumbers around. They're like side rails on the plate, side rails, you know? You know, on pickup trucks, you put the side, you get more in. I put cucumbers all the way around. So I had side rails. And then you extend the side rails with some celery, if you haven't done this before. And then you put a bed, and so on and so on. I came back. The buffet was on my plate. And I smiled, and I said, she said it was okay. She's kind of paying for lunch today, you know? So Jesus was paying for lunch that day, and people ate. And there were still leftovers. He said to the disciples, go back. And they each came back with a full basket. More, listen now. They came back with more in their basket than they left with. We'll come back with more in our baskets than we left with. As we obey, take him at his word, healing us for today. He wouldn't tell us to, to pray for the sick if he wasn't expecting to do something. The next verse in James, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. That's a good verse. Tell your neighbor that's a good verse. All right, let's go to number two. Jesus told his followers that they would see miracles. His followers would see miracles. Mark chapter 16, 17, and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. Believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. Believe that he's living in my life. Believe that he wants to do this. These are all the beliefs, Having, putting our faith there. How many believers do I have this morning? Just wave your hands up. I got a lot of believers here today. Um, and so to you, I, this verse, in my name, not my name, Roy, not in your name, whatever your name is, not Harvest Christian Fellowship, but in my name, Jesus, believers will cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. Yes, we do that here. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, why would I be a snake handler, or why, why, would, I, why would I drink poison? Well, the, that, that's kind of been misconstrued, different movements down in the south. Uh, but the idea is when you're out and about preaching, when you're out and about uh, in, in, the, uh, in the outbacks of, of this arid area, you walking from one village to another doing the work of God, you, you might get bitten by a snake, you're on duty, or you might eat something somewhere that maybe it wasn't, it wasn't so good. And the Bible says, just, just believe. If you get poison in your blood system, it's not just sickness, but even on the job hurt, getting hurt, Jesus is telling them, you'll be healed. If you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick. This is speaking to the believers. This is you. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will be comforted. No, they will recover. They will recover. Rewind back to our foundation series early spring, uh, the foundational teachings of Christendom. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 says, Hebrews, no, not Hebrews chapter 6. There is no Hebrews chapter 6. It's Hebrews chapter 6. Some of you will never come back again. He- what? <laughs> Sex is in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. But that's not today's sermon. Maybe another time. Hebrews chapter 6, it, it outlines the foundation stones and, uh, or the elementary principles and, and laying on of hands, the laying on of hands or, or uh, a contact, and this is how God chose to do it, so that healing and power from heaven can flow into human bodies and they can be healed. And so believers are supposed to be doing this, and there will be results. That's why we pray for the sick. Number three, we are to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have time this morning to go through the uh, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And um, there's kind of the what are they, 12, and then um, kind of pra- practical, how do I minister these in 14? Uh, how, you know, what order? And uh, photobomb! And uh, what order do we do this in? And um, <laughs> made you laugh. Natalie's shaking. camera shaking. Um, and then in chapter 13... We're, we're to do it in the. We're, we're to do it with love. We're to do it with love. This is an outreach of God's love, and so these three chapters. So, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there, and uh, we're to we're to desire these gifts and to move in these gifts. The gifts are for today. The scriptures are clear. They've never stopped. They've never stopped functioning, and uh, and it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and then I will show you a more excellent way, which segues into chapter thirteen, an excellent way of ministering in love. We're not, we're not superheroes, you know, uh, zapping people with God's power. But we're ministering in the love of God, releasing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, what are the best gifts? Arguably, you know, we can list the nine and, and, and say, all right, this one's the best, or this one's the best. And I'd like you to think about this for a moment. If, um, if we have a sick person and, uh, and they need uh, a gift of healing, um, then that's probably the best gift at that moment. That's the gift they need. Uh, somebody else uh, starting a business or been praying and looking for a confirmation seeking God's will A young adult deciding if they're going to go on a mission field or are they going to go to university and some of our young adults have had this struggle at that moment a gift of healing may not be the gift that they need but a gift of wisdom or of of knowledge or a a word of prophecy uh, brings confirmation to their heart and they're very thankful that they're making they have a confirmation they're making the right decision that's the best gift at that moment it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the right gift at the right time. Say right gift. is the best gift. So these gifts, uh, you may have heard people say, uh, uh, hi. hi, my name is Roy. I, ha- I have the gift of healing. I have the gift of healing. And, um, and so I go around releasing my, my gift of healing. And God has given me this wonderful gift of healing. Wrong. That's, that's not what the scriptures teach. Not what the scriptures teach. The gift of healing is for the guy or the gal that needs to be healed. The the word gift there is grace. It's a grace from God. God needs a UPS driver. He needs a delivery person. You just happen to be the person who's carrying the gift of healing to the person that needs it. And I hope this helps some people today because you've been thinking, well, I don't have the gift of whatever. And so I don't move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What if you begin to realize that when you're there and God's calling on you, he's saying, I need you to deliver my gift. To that person, as spirit believers, we're going. Hey, I can pray for you, and I'm going to believe for the spiritual gifts to flow through me and be given to you. Somebody shake their head up and down. Go, that's that's good, Pastor. I want to give out some gifts. I want to just be a UPS driver. So you don't possess the gift. Now we do find that some people become more confident uh, in one or two uh, of the of the gift clusters. I um, mean, that's fine, but. You should be stirring yourself up to move a gift of faith. I'll tell you what, if you're in a situation and nobody there has got faith, and you're saying, God, give me a gift of faith so someone here can believe, somebody can break the depression or despair. I'm the only one here that knows about this. I guess I better deliver the gift of faith, the best gift is the gift that's needed. The Bible says that we are to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to give you some points here so you can raise your faith and see that God wants us to do this. Number four, there's an increase in Holy Spirit activity on the earth as we approach the end of the age. Um, and so in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, uh, when the initial outpouring, which is an important word, initial outpouring, uh, when the church is poured out with the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the church age, there's a scripture and a prophecy that Peter quotes, and he says, uh, in the last days. So when are the last days? When is the end of the age? Well, we don't know. Jesus told his disciples, no one knows. But, but, but we're, we're, we're moving toward it. There will be an end of the age. And, 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 and this outpouring of the Holy Spirit where 2,000 people got saved in one day, you ain't seen nothing yet was what Jesus said. He said, this is going to increase and increase. And Peter, Peter said, uh, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. We sang for that this morning. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and there will be spiritual activity, Holy Spirit activity on the earth. And, and what it's saying is, as we get closer and closer to the end, that that will get more and more and more and more. Say more. We're seeing unprecedented Holy Spirit activity all over the world. Uh, Reports in Mexico uh, of of one church, one church, you can't be an elder. This is their qualification to be an elder in the church. Uh, You have to have raised a number of people from the dead. And that raising people from the dead is a common, it's just a common thing happening in this area and just a couple people are coming to Jesus because they recognize he's alive today because dead people are getting out of caskets. And, 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 and so God's just demonstrating his power. And the Bible says that it'll, it'll get more and more as we approach the end of the age. And so we should expect this. We should expect this. And in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, it's in your notes. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will make flashing clouds. He'll give them showers of rain and grass in the field for everyone. Rain was symbolic in the Bible of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit activity on the earth. And there was an early rain and a latter rain. So one that was early in the agricultural calendar, one that came later in the agricultural calendar. The early rain was just before a calendar feast called Pentecost, and they celebrated it every year and as the calendar year in the springtime came around there was some there was some grain and barley that would ripen first because of that spring rain they would harvest it and they would have a party and they would wave some grain before the lord kind of had a, like a kind of like you know charismatic kind of hand waving uh, worship time with the lord and they said lord thank you for this crop it's a nice crop it's a good crop and it reminds us there's a better crop coming a larger crop and, and, and so then the latter rain was the one that would happen late summer so that the, the, um, it, would, it would be the final growth and ripening cycle for the huge in-gathering. And they would have the Feast of Tabernacles, which was seven days long with dancing and feasting and celebration. And I don't have time this morning, but what Jesus would point to in that calendar is the world has a calendar that God's keeping. And that there have been some outpourings on the earth that have been wonderful. There are hotbeds of outpourings, and and I could list some that you might be, you probably be aware of too. There's a a hotbed of outpouring of healing happening in California, reading California with Bethel. And um, God's using them to to be that that well of bubbling up, and and there's an activity, activity of healing. And what they found was, the more healing happens, the more they pray for it. The more healing happens, the more they pray for it. They go, oh, "That's that's weird. So is, so is praying for rain in the season of rain. Okay, it's, it's, it's rainy season, God, so will you make it rain? What it's saying is we are cooperating with what's happening, acknowledging that this is that spoken in the, in the scriptures. And as Christ followers, we're saying, yeah, Lord, we're living in that day. Let it really unfold. We're seeing a little bit of healing. We want to see a whole lot of healing. And we cooperate with what's happening. It's like priming the pump back on the firm when I had to come home from school and I'd pour some water in the top, get the leathers wet on the pump, start, it was called priming it and you get, you get, get a vacuum in there and the, and the water would start flowing. So if you, we want a flow, you want a flow of healing in your life, a flow of healing in our church, let's acknowledge that this is the hour as we, we live in a wonderful day and hour what's happening all over the world and if it can happen in Bethel, it can happen in Cornwall. And so we pray for the sick every week. We pray for the sick in small groups. I want you to go pray for the sick at work, at school, Why? To extend the kingdom of God and show the world God must do this to show who He is, to cancel the effects of sin. Number five, our faith for healing is increasing. We've been contending for this for 15 years here at Harvest, and we see way more healings today. And um, I appreciate when we set up the camera. Uh, recently, and and you were leaving, and, and we said, you know, tell us your story so we can share the story. So you people aren't wondering, is anybody getting healed? What helps with that is hearing about healings. So don't, you know, talk about talk about your healing in small group this week if you've received a healing, and or something maybe was called out in a service and it just stirred faith, and you go. Wow, I have that condition, and you went forward, and God's touched you. Talk about that. It gives power. It causes faith to grow. Our faith for healing is increasing here, and we want it to increase more and more. So uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is required for healing. We have to trust God to do this. We have to put our hands where our heads are and not just talk about it, but we do it. That's why I want you to be practitioners this week and pray for the sick, pray for the sick in small group. In Matthew chapter, um, chapter nine, Jesus is on a healing spree and he heals a number of people in Matthew chapter nine. You can look at it this week. But I wanna just highlight a couple of the people that he healed and uh, what's taken place. So the, the first one, is uh, in chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, that there's a paralytic paralytic guy that's brought on a stretcher. So I don't know if it's two or four guys that carry him in, and Jesus is crossing the lake. They meet him. They meet him. Like They cut him off, cut Jesus off before he can get out of the boat, and they said, uh, we'd like you to heal our friend. And I just want to pause it there for a second. So on Sundays when um, we have healing time, um, if you're not sick, you probably know somebody that is. And maybe you couldn't bring them to church for whatever reason or they didn't want to come with you. And you've told them, hey, this is a great place to come and be healed. Then, then you can come and stand in for them. Come and say, hi, hi my name is Roy. And, I, and I, the ministry people will say, what would you like today? Oh, it's not for me. It's for a friend. Oh, yeah, we've heard that before. No, no, just kidding. Just kidding. No, no, it's not for me. It's for a friend. And my friend's condition is this. Briefly describe it. And you're basically just bringing your friend to Jesus. Bringing your friend to Jesus. We had a a story in first service of a woman that comes to our church, her brother, who is not a believer, had a severe farming accident, and um, she was week after week after week stood in. The doctor said, not only will you probably not be able to walk uh, normally the way you do now, you will not farm again this year. He was back on the tractor within a month and a half or two months and farming. Now, he himself would say, something happened. The doctors are saying, it's, it's crazy what's happened. He hasn't connected yet. This was an expression of God's love. But he will. Yeah. But he will. And so, so standing in for somebody. And, and uh, so these guys, look, look what happens. They just bring this guy to Jesus. Some people brought him, to, a paralyzed man of Jesus on a mat, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven, and he heals him. And see in their faith, what did that faith look like? Faith looked like showing up with a need. How much faith do you need to get healed? I, I, I don't know the exact answer for that because Jesus talks about mustard, little tiny faith. He talks about great faith. He talks about, and it's not quantitative like, like a measuring cup of like amounts of faith, but there's kinds of faith, kinds of. And, and, and faith that really is trusting and believing and faith that's learning. And, but faith is faith and God responds to faith. And he sees them just show up. And show up faith cause this guy to be healed we need faith number two in this this, this there's a woman in the same chapter who has had um, a bleeding a women's bleeding issue for 12 years and she has exhausted all of her finances, been been all the doctors there's nothing that can be done for her Jesus is pressing through the crowd a thought enters her head if I could just touch just the hem of his robe That's all I need. I just need him to touch me. And she somehow understood the touch of God, the touch of God, the touch of God. And, and, And I just, if I could just, and he walks by and it happens and she just reaches out and she touches. Jesus turned around when he saw her and said, daughter, be encouraged, your faith. What faith? The faith to reach and touch. The faith to reach and touch. When we pray, we're reaching, we're touching heaven. When we pray for somebody else, we're reaching and touching heaven. It's faith. We're trusting God to do this. Your faith. Is God going to leave you high and dry, holding the tail of the fish, going, hey, this ain't working, God. Is that what he's going to do? No, we step out in faith and believe him. But daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. I love this story. Another one, same chapter, he's just healing everybody all over the place. They went into a house uh, where a man is, uh, where the, he was staying, and Jesus asked them, it was bl- some uh, a blind, blind men, do you believe I can make you see? Question, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can do this? I have a, a story that saddens me. I was, uh, many years ago, over 20 years ago, I was ministering in Ottawa on a church plant that we, a French church plant that we did uh, out of Messina. And uh, we were in the Vanier area, and uh, the church um, um, just, it was just such a fun time. And uh, often when you're planting, it, it just, God's moving in powerful ways. And a man came that was deaf from birth, deaf from birth, and um, he had, um, He had a a, a person who, he was doing sign language. I don't know sign language, so he had an interpreter. So French sign language (laughs) to a French to English, and we're talking. Well, he had come forward. Before anything, I I had a word of knowledge, and the Lord showed me that the circuitry in his brain was disconnected, and that uh, from his ear to the sense, the brain was intact, the ear was intact, but the wiring system in between was broken down. And so I wanted to pray for his healing. And he came forward and he said, I didn't come for healing. We had a ministry time. I didn't come for healing. I said, oh, okay. What did you come for? And he had a situation. I said, I'd love to pray for that. So I prayed. But of course, I'm chomping at the bit because, and I said to the interpreter, I said, can we, can you tell him that what I see, what the Lord has showed me, and and I just, I would like to submit this to him. And he said, that's exactly the issue. That's exactly the problem. That's what the doctors have told me all my life okay, <laughs> how would I have known that? Um, and uh, he said, I said, I really would like to pray for your healing. He said, please, no, I don't want you to pray for my healing. And his reason was he was afraid. He said, I've never heard all my life. I know how to cope, and um, I, I, don't, I don't want to come into the hearing world. Well, I can't force him to get healed. I can't force him to receive healing. And I blessed him, and he went away. And I, that day, I wondered, had he stirred his faith? As If he Jesus just said. I basically said. I said, "Do you believe God can do this?" And he said, "No, no, I don't want you to pray. I don't know." And so I was saddened, and 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 so so perhaps today, you know, God's God will never stop extending that man the opportunity for healing. And so some blind people, Jesus just says, "Do you believe I can make you see?" Yes, Lord. They told him, "We do." He touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. How much faith did they need? I don't know. But they believed. They said, I believe that this is true. And they stood on that, and they got healed. There is faith required for healing. And our faith is growing. Say, growing faith. faith. All right. Jesus still heals today. And I don't know if I got my numbering system off here somewhere, but whatever number it is, Jesus still heals today. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Today and forever. I'm going to say Hebrews 13.8 and you're going to respond in unison. Read this verse. Great memory verse if you've never memorized this. We're going to memorize it today. Here we go. Hebrews 13.8. It's good to learn the address of a verse. So I want you to say, uh, start by saying, I'm just going to point at you. You say Hebrews 13.8. Read the verse. All in unison. Ready? Hebrews 13.8. That's a good verse. Number seven. If I could have the ministry team, uh, the uh, worship team, I mean, come back. Healing's been paid for already. We're not waiting for God to do something. Healing's been paid for. It was paid for on the cross. And the scriptures that we look at this morning, um, and uh, so clear, Matthew 8, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmity, our sickness, that sickness that has come on yesterday or today, or that sickness you were born, that's debilitating, and he bore, he carried away, that word bore means he carried away our sickness on the cross, carried away, somebody say carried away. You know what, at Harvest, I want to get carried away and get sickness out of here, get sickness out of our midst, get sickness out of a city. Pastor uh, Dick um, DeLacio and, and Margo uh, have something that they are believing God for, have for years. He's written a great book, Touch the Hem of His Garment. It's a book on healing that's available if you ask at our next step. Uh, he over, Pastor Dick oversees our wonderful ministry team. Uh, they are believing God that uh, Cornwall... Would be as Cornwall has been known for the amount of cancer that's in our city, that uh, our church could be known for a place where cancer people can come and be healed. They are contending for that. There, go ahead and thank the Lord. I think that's a great, okay, you know, great thing to believe God for. And we're going to need people to partner with that and say, Lord, let it rain. Come on, let it rain. Let it rain. Well, let's wait for someone to get healed of cancer first. No, no, no. In the time of healing, let it rain. Let it rain. We're going to pray. For the sick. Why? It's already been paid for. Uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 24, who himself bore, same word, bore our sins. It means that he took it and took it away in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes the wounds on Jesus you were, past tense, already paid for, healed. Healed. This week at Small Group, pray pray for the sick. And uh, let's believe for them to be recovered. Let's contend for healing at harvest. Why? Jesus said, I must do the works. And he's asking us now, you must do the works. I want to talk just for a moment, just for a moment. I told you I'd do this. You guys can begin playing. So what about people in this room right now? People in this room right now. Mike, you're my hero. Mike has been fighting uh, against cancer in his body, um, and uh, he's already gone beyond what the doctors said uh, life expectancy would be. He's living on Holy Ghost uh, time, God God giving him time. But why isn't he healed all the way? It's a good question. It's a great question. We've got to ask the right questions. And as you're in small group, you're going to have questions. It's okay to ask the questions, the hard questions. We're not afraid of them. We're not afraid of them. We'll talk about them. My father would have been 75 yesterday, died at 62 of Lou Garrett's disease. At 60, he began dropping tools, um, having some of the signs of some kind of neurological disorder. Lou Garrett's disease, or ALS, um, is um, not symptomatic in in terms of you can test for it, but it's diagnosed by um, process of elimination. So by the time, it would take maybe about a year to get a a diagnosis. Okay, you don't have any of this, so therefore you have ALS. Passed away about a year later. My dad, like Mike, was a man of faith. I would go visit my dad. I I know there were private moments with he and my mom, and they would cry and and hold each other about the reality of the suffering and the pain that he was in. But when I was with my dad, I never went away feeling, oh, poor dad, ever. Because my dad would speak of God. He would speak of God's ability to heal. He, he spent uh, in those uh, last six months of his life sitting, uh, listening to the, uh, the scriptures being read over him, and he picked all healing scriptures. He would tell other people who were sick, God will heal you, and he himself uh, was believing God for healing. My dad had faith. There's no question. Did he have enough faith? I think he did. Absolutely, I think he did. But he died of Lou Gehritz. Quite frankly, it's a mystery that I don't quite understand. To understand the tension that we are praying for the sick, but not all the sick get healed, it would appear, it seems. Some healing is instantaneous, and some is a process. What do we do? That's for real. There are two extremes that I want to point out. They are extremes that I refuse as a leader to entertain, and I refuse to teach, or to walk into, and you'll understand as I say this. That if we're gonna move in the out Holy Spirit flow, the flow, the river flow of healing, we need to understand that there are extremes on both sides that really are the banks of the river. I'm not spending time on the banks, I wanna get in the river. And the one extreme, the one extreme, they stand way out on the edge. We're edgy at Jude harvest. One extreme is that God is sovereign, theological standpoint, God is sovereign, period. I believe God is sovereign, too. But God is sovereign. Therefore, God will only heal who he wants to heal. God will, the natural conclusion, if somebody is sick, I've heard people actually accept sickness or accept that condition in their body as, God made me sick so I could learn something, and I'm just trusting him in this journey. Hogwash, balderdash. I just spent showing you that is not the heart of God. What father what father would make their child sick so they could learn something? Not the heavenly father, for sure. Sickness is the result of a fallen world. God is sovereign. Can he intervene? Yes. Does he choose not to? Mystery. Sovereignty of God. Way over here, it's an, if you only hold on, healing connected to the sovereignty of God only, you're in, you're in dangerous territory because you have to entertain. God only heals when he wants to. Sick, sickness is God's will, and that's how we'll deal with sickness. I refuse. I believe it's God's will to heal every time. That's his will. It's what he wants. It's what he wants. It's what we teach. I just taught it to you. The other extreme, and if you only hold to this extreme, you're in dangerous territory. God does everything. We do everything. Faith. And that if you didn't get healed or you're not getting healed or... In the case of my father, that my father passed from this life to the next because he didn't have enough faith. I get angry at this one. (laughs) And I get angry at this one. To put on somebody who, and those of you that are contending in this room for healing, let me just say it this way. I better never hear anybody say that. That that's the reason a person isn't getting healed. Can it contribute a level of faith or people learning? But I just showed you faith is absolutely. We have a part to play in this. Yes, we must believe that God can do this. And we seek to have our faith stirred and we want to grow our faith. But when we're trying with all of our heart to do that, to suggest that a person died or isn't healed because they didn't have enough, I think I want to leave that in God's hands. And I don't think I want to put that heavy on anybody because I think that's totally... As for me and my house, we believe in healing. This church, we believe in healing. But this is an extreme that we're not going to stand on. Uphold that you did something. God's doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. The scripture we started with was maybe we're asking the wrong question. For those of you in this room that are contending for healing and it hasn't come yet, you're my champion. Because you've chosen not to get off track. You've chosen not to go to the left or to the right. You've chosen not to be angry with God. You've chosen to believe that he is a good, good father that wants to heal you. And in the meantime, we embrace that there's mystery we don't understand it all. And you've chosen, those of you contending, Mike and others, you've chosen to say, through this, I've learned to trust him more. Through this, I've known his Holy Spirit more than I ever have before. Through this, something wonderful is happening because God redeems even the suffering for something good. You're my heroes. You've chosen not to get off track. Here's the stance that we take, not this extreme, that it's it's all up to God, and so if healing doesn't happen, then God chose otherwise. Over here, if healing didn't happen, we blew it. We got it wrong. you got to try a little harder stand in the middle of the flow now listen to me really important we pray for healing until at harvest christian fellowship we pray for healing until my father won luke Garrett didn't win he's in heaven waiting for his new body but he's in the presence of jesus right now that's not a cop-out that's just surrendering the truth that he won. This life is, is whether it's, it's 80 or 90 years or 100 years or it, it's 50 years and it's shorter, but, but it's all a breath that says, and we win, he has eternal life, he wins. And for me, I, I would have loved to have seen him heal, but what I do, rather than ask the question, I gather it all up and I bring it to Jesus and I say, I surrender this to you and I continue praying for the sick. I pray until... There's all kinds of things happening in the spirit realm that we won't understand until that day. Lord, I pray until, I pray until, I pray until. At Harvest, we're going to pray for the sick until they get healed one way or another. Would you stand this morning, this week at small group, maybe at work, however God will lead you. Come on, come on, Harvest, engage six good reasons to continue contending and believing for healing. Let's sing this to the Lord. What a savior is in here.